welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Morning, church. Uh, it's great to see you this morning. Um, it's great to see you too, Pasta. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to see you this morning. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> we just had a, a few days up at the caravan. It was one of our lockdown purchases. And uh, Penny and I were kind of trying to decide if we'd still love it or not. Uh, well, not love it. That's pushing it way too far. I could put up with it. Uh, but actually, we were up in Glen Arif. We've been to Glen Arif recently. <coughs> Glen Arif is like uh, one of the most beautiful places ever, like in the Glens, the Queen of the Glens. And we had this funny moment because, you know, with your kids, like anyone who's ever done this kind of thing before, what you want to do is you want to get the, the kids out to meet other kids, number one, so that they have fun, but actually really so they're not under your hair in the caravan like let's be honest it's like oh, wait, I can play. oh there's a wee girl who wants to play with you so anyway <laughs> so we did this well Penny's the master of it right so <laughs> we had this moment where this kid on a bike I don't know it's whatever it's P3 P4 I, kids all look the same to me until they get to like 18 and so here's the thing right um, so Penny says oh what's your name and, uh, and Hope was like this here <laughs> and a wee sidekick Sophie just and so let's just say they were, they were a wee bit cross and they got into the car and they went, Mommy, what are you doing? And Hope said, you know, we have come up here to relax. <laughs> right. Wait for it. So we have come up here to relax. And <laughs> it's just not I can't even leave the caravan because there's going to be children wanting to play with me. Right? And Sophie's going to go, mm-hmm. can't move. He says, we can't move. Because they're all out. There's only three kids. Well, don't be so silly. And Sophie says, how would you like it if we went round all the caravans and asked all the mummies and daddies to come and talk to you? (laughs) (laughs) To which I went, fair play to you, Sophie. I would hate that. (laughs) She was like, hmm, gotcha. I was like, it's not funny. I love kids. They just make me laugh. How would you like it? We went and asked all the mummies and daddies to talk to you. (laughs) Don't do that because that'll drive daddy nuts, all right? <laughs> Brilliant. So let's just say they were up there to relax. This is the thing of parenting girls. Like, it's just crazy. I am learning quick, you know. Every day is an emotional roller coaster of ups and downs. And it's like, it's like tiptoeing through a minefield. You know, one thing, one minute, one thing's everything. Brilliant. Then, oh, oh, what changed in the last four nanoseconds? To, you know, it's a laugh, isn't it? Go out and play. How would you like it? <laughs> she was right though, wasn't she? Are you expectant this morning? If you're watching online as well, you're very welcome. Sorry, this is annoying me. This wee thing, it keeps dropping. So if I keep doing this, it's because I feel like it's falling out of my, my face. But are you expectant this morning? Yeah. Okay, it's good to be expectant because the only people that the Lord couldn't help were those who didn't expect anything. Do you get that? <laughs> Let me say that again. The only people the Lord can't help is those who expect nothing from him. And so when you, we have this level of disbelief in our hearts or unbelief in our hearts where we kind of go, okay, um, whatever. All right, honestly, um, it's really hard for the Lord to minister in those situations because he, he wants open hearts and open minds and people who go, Lord, right now, I'm ready to receive a word this morning because today is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Pentecost Sunday is, it was the day that the Holy Spirit was given. And the Holy Spirit was given in the book of Acts. You can read about this in Acts chapter one uh, and you know, the early days of the church. And it was the point where actually God transformed. Remember Jesus said, it's better that I go away 
because if I go away, I'll send you the helper and the helper will be with you always. And so on, the, on that day, and, and it's like um, we were listening, Penny and I were listening to some stuff when we were away and I loved the way somebody put it. They said like, whenever you're born again into faith in, in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. It's like having a glass of water, right? You take a glass of water and you have the Holy Spirit in you. But when the Holy Spirit comes in you, it's like you jumping into the sea, right? So not just is God in you, but you're in God, right? And this, this experience of receiving the Holy Spirit, and if you've never received the Holy Spirit, we'd like to pray for you today so that you can receive that gift. But I'm not going to talk per se about, about that today, but I'm going to continue in our, in our series on Luke. And I want to, I want to ask you, that today's title is, Is There More Than This? We're going to look at a very familiar passage uh, found in Luke chapter 5. And it's, it's a story. I want you to be open to this because it's a story of how, how grace changes the ordinary. And it only changes the ordinary for people who are open for it to be changed. That's the point. I, I think many of us, I think one of the, the things that is true about life is that many of us just go through the motions. Many of us just go through the same old, same old every day, disappointed sometimes with others and, and quite a lot disappointed with God. And a lot of it, and I know for me, I've had, it doesn't matter how much money you have or whatever stage you stand on, there's always a point where we go, listen, is there more than this? Is this it? And this whole question, Jesus transforms, and the Holy Spirit will transform your view today of why you're sitting here with breath in your body. That grace is just, you know, grace is not just a message for, for you to see transformation in your life, but it is a message for the world. You know, I, I, um, I, I have fallen completely off the wagon. And let me just clarify that for those who want to know that. I am, I am full scale back into Twitter and I'm repenting of it in front of the church today because it's not good for me. My blood pressure is up at 4,089. I, know, I just see that we're surrounded by Egypts everywhere, that we need, to, we need to just take, we need to take the vote off people. Number one, I think, would be a start and I'll decide who can vote and how they should vote. And all, because obviously I'm not a megalomaniac that way and all sorts of things. And I just, I, I realized that in the hearts of men and women, man, we are so far away. You know, it doesn't matter what the system of the world is. Uh, that We shouldn't be surprised. The Lord said that the days get darker. But when things get darker, the light shines brighter. Jesus shines brighter, amen. And so we've got to really grasp something here this morning and be expectant because um, this message of God's grace and God's favor for your life is, is something that removes burdens. It removes and, and shoulders burden and weight for you, but it just doesn't leave you in a selfish place. And if it does, it's, you probably haven't got it. All right, so is that okay? Because selfishness and self-centeredness is one of the greatest burdens that you will ever carry. It will break your back because no one, no thing will ever meet your need other than God himself. You will live continually disappointed with me as your pastor, with the people in this church, with other people, you'll live continually disappointed if you do not see your life transformed by the God of grace. That's the bottom line. And in this story today, we're going to see how Jesus does that. It's brilliant. Uh, ready to go? Ready to learn? Okay, remember, uh, I've been reading Matthew 11, even though this is a series on the book of Luke, I've been reading Matthew 11 every week. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Then come to me, the Lord says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. You don't force grace, okay? It's an unforced rhythm of grace. You, you, you receive it and you walk in it and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, says the Lord. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely 
and you'll live lightly. I think that's brilliant. So let, let me start by saying God is the God of the everyday. This is the context that we're going to see things in. Have a look at your journey, right? Because here we have a group of people, ordinary people like you. They're called the disciples, the followers. And, you know, they're, they're just about to discover something which is going to change their life forever. Now, they've just had an experience with Jesus that most of us would give our right arm for. Remember, they just heard, as I spoke last week, this is the year of the Lord's favor. Remember that? Where he takes the, the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he stops at the bit about vengeance and just, he, he just goes, this is the day of the Lord's favor. Everything you have heard, and it wasn't just everything that he had just read, but everything they had heard from the prophets and the law the whole way through had been fulfilled in their hearing before they'd actually walked into it. But the Lord was saying, and they would have been going, holy smokes, this is it. And so to back that up, what happens is Jesus sends heals a paralytic, right? And then a demoniac, somebody who was demon-possessed. And it's so amazing. It's so completely flipping, blowing their minds. And what they want to do is keep Jesus for themselves. I talked about this last week. And then what, I, what, I, you know, what we're going to start to see in this story of grace and how it unfolds in your life is that actually what Jesus says to the world, right, is come to me, come to me. And then when you come to Jesus and you receive, he says, go. Do you get that? Your life is meant to be a rhythm of coming. The unforced rhythms of grace are coming to the Lord to receive and then going in the power of the Holy Spirit and what grace has done in you. It's coming and going, coming and going. So to the, the, the world, he says, come into the church, he says, go and take this message of, of grace everywhere. Now, what would happen next? Let, let's just picture the scene. You've been with Jesus. He's, he's taken the law and the prophets and says it's all fulfilled. He then heals physical sickness. He heals uh, spiritual sickness. What, what would happen next? What's the scene change here? What would you cut to next? I, I, I had a wee chuckle to myself this week because I thought, you know, if this was today, right, every single one of those disciples, bar none, would be on the speaking circuit. They would write a book. They would be hawked around God TV. They probably have their own series. Not that there's anything wrong with God TV, but they're definitely going to be on it, all right? And they're, they're probably going to be selling books and T-shirts with an eight-step plan for success. Isn't that right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what, we, we get a little glimpse of something of God and then all of a sudden we make it into a product or something, right? Definitely these boys would have had their own, their own show on God TV. I'm convinced of it. Tell us what happened. Well, this is what happened. And what did you do? Well, this is what we did, all right? And we'd all go, isn't that amazing? This is what we want. But it doesn't cut to that scene. And, and, the, and the Bible is here to help us with what our life looks like today, because the scene that it cuts to is, a, is something that is dead ordinary, and I love this. It's great news for everyone who's listening today who goes, my life looks pretty ordinary in the big scheme of things. If you're not a superstar, like certainly I am not, then this is even better news for you. Because what we're gonna see is that it doesn't matter who you are this morning, it doesn't matter where you've come from, it doesn't matter what you currently do, where it sits in the pecking order of the world or the pecking order of religion is irrelevant to Jesus today. He doesn't particularly care for any of that stuff. And what happens is he, he calls you to believe to the potential that grace can do in your life. Let me put it another way. You will only live to the potential of the message that you sit under. Do you understand that? If the message that you have of Jesus limits in any way, like he may want you sick, he may want you ill, he may not provide, then you will only ever have faith to that level. What grace does, though, is it lifts it up 
completely. Remember it says in Malachi 3, verse 10, it doesn't, it says like, see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you. Remember, that's the symbol of grace, right? Hey, the number five, the window into heaven. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out such a great blessing on your life, the Lord says, that there is no more room to receive. Isn't that incredible? So when you sit under the word of grace every week, it allows your faith to rise to the level where heaven is open and the Lord is pouring out blessing on you so much that even when you receive, there's so much more that you, it's almost like you can't receive what the Lord wants to pour into your life. Isn't that incredible? That's why we preach grace. Because there's no other gospel that raises your hope, your faith, and your expectation to believe for the impossible. Because the message of God's grace is not about you. It is about Jesus and what he has done. It is about who he is. And the more we see him lifted up, the more we see him exalted, the more we see his finished work in all of its beauty and its perfection, then our faith can rise to say, whatever he has done, I can do greater things. Amen. That's why grace matters to us. That's why grace transforms the ordinary. But there's a, there's a, there's a story in here, and um, I love that. Just, just think about that. You know, you, you will only ever live to the potential of the message that you sit under. That's the truth. That is the truth. Now, let's have a look at this scene, because it's, it's, de- it's dead ordinary, and I've, I've done a, a, this from a number of angles, but I have never actually done it from this angle. Luke chapter 5, where as we continue in the book, remember the ox the picture of Jesus as the ox carrying the weight and the burden. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee. And he looked, and he saw two boats out by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out to them and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you can hardly receive it. Do you get that? Now, what's interesting is this happens in one of the most ordinary settings. They're not on the conference circuit. They're not the superstars who are writing the books. They're not the people who everyone goes, oh, look at this fantastic, okay? He's speaking to manual workers doing ordinary work day after day, even though they'd encountered the God of grace. So Simon answered him, he says, you know, and, and the Lord speaks, what happened is the Lord is going to do things on two levels here and he wants to do it in your life this morning on two levels. He's going to speak to transform the ordinary into something which is supernaturally anointed to bear fruit for him. Do you get that? And here's the interesting thing. The reaction that we get from the people that the Lord is speaking to is really interesting. Because Simon's first response is, are you flipping kidding me? I have worked hard all night, or we have worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. We've been doing this. But because you say so, I will. I will let down the nets, it says in verse 5. So it's a single command. Simon here, he's tired. He's frustrated. 
he's probably pretty angry. He, he's in the most ordinary of circumstances. He is seeing no fruit and nothing change. And yet the Lord comes along to him and he says, listen, do as I say, listen to what my words are and put those nets down again. You know, in that moment, Simon could have done anything he wanted. He could have let the emotion of the moment overpower him. He could have let his own selfishness and self-centered, his own arrogance in one respect, because he knows better than Jesus. Jesus wasn't a fisherman, he was a carpenter. Simon was an experienced fisherman. He knew this business inside out. If you look at, I don't know if I've mentioned that I've been to Israel a few times, and you actually go and see the boats that these guys worked on. They weren't massive boats, they weren't trawlers. This was hard manual work. I mean, they would have had arms on them like me, right? And uh, just chugging that out there, right? <laughs> Tree trunks, right? Pulling and hauling and all the rest of it. It wasn't like they didn't know where the fish were. They went fishing all the time. It's how they, how they survived. Yet they're seeing nothing coming back. But, you know, we're not actually told that Peter's rubbish at fishing either. You're not told that there's something lacking in these guys that the Lord needs to, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. So imagine what it's like when somebody comes along, as the Lord does to us, and says, hey, in the middle of your situation, here's what I want you to do. Everything that is carnal and natural and not of the Spirit goes, no, I'm not going to do it. The fle- Remember we talked about flesh earlier on in the year? If we don't, you know, like, honestly, the, the, the flesh is what is a quick one-way street to destruction. Putting your eyes onto you and how you're feeling. Put your eyes onto you and what you do not have, what you're not experiencing, what others have. Putting your eyes anywhere other than onto Jesus and his open heaven for you so that you can receive. Now, what's interesting here, as the non-fisherman, the Lord himself, comes along and says, will you do this? Will you listen to me and do as I ask? You notice Jesus doesn't command him. He doesn't say, oi, get that done. He gives him a choice. Now, why does the Lord do that? Let me speak to you this morning. It's not about the fish per se. There's something much more profound going on. And as I was preparing this talk earlier on in the week, I really felt the Lord speak to me. Because when the Lord is speaking here, what he's doing is he's ministering to hope, to expectation and to hope. Because they had lost it. Do you get that? In the ordinariness, is that a word, ordinariness? I don't even, is that a word if I just made that up? I just made that up, but you know what I mean? In the normal day to day, do you know what? You can't, who says you can't make words up? Bite me, right? In the ordinariness of the day, right? Actually, what the Lord is doing here is, is he's, he's going to minister in to their brokenness and to their lack of hope and to their lack of expectation. He's ministering grace to them at the point of their tiredness and their exhaustion and their frustration and their disappointment. They'd seen miracles. They had heard that everything was, had been fulfilled, but they're not living it right now. And so what Jesus does is comes along and see what quite a lot of the time is we want the Lord to change everything on the outside for us first. But what he does is he ministers grace deeply into our hearts. And from the inside out, we see the transformation. And actually what the Lord is going to do here is he's going to take the very ordinary things 
What you do, go see going to work every day. See what you do. The Lord wants to transform that for his glory. He wants to take the grind. And sometimes, sometimes life is like that. Do you ever feel like you're just replaying the same scenes? Anyone? Oh, Jesus, help me. Replaying the same old scenes. And the Lord goes, you were made for so much more than that. But first of all, let me minister my love and my grace and my hope to your deepest point. Because they had stopped expecting that he was who he says he was. So even when they're confronted with Jesus, the one who stood in the, in the temple just a few uh, days before probably and had healed, he healed the paralytic and the demoniac in front of them, right? But in their tiredness and in their flesh, when he comes along and speaks, you know, just at this point, he, he's, we, they don't see it. It seems like he's imposing. Do you get that? Do you ever feel like the Lord's imposing on you whenever he asks you to do something? Anyone? Well, you're all spoofers because it feels like he imposes on me. <laughs> Let me be really honest. Let me take the plunge first, will I? When the Lord cuts across what I want or what I think should happen or what I feel it should be and the Lord just comes alongside me, whilst it feels like he's imposing on me, he's setting me up for a greater blessing but we've got to have faith to see that. We've got to see the open heaven and know that he's pouring out more than we could ever receive, but in the moment of our tiredness and our frustration and our, our flesh won't like it. And that's the choice. Right now, I, I think what the Lord is doing with these guys is, it's like, you know what? All the fish you need are there. Don't worry about that. Jesus got that all worked out. But what happens is this, you know, I think what happens is this is where we start to see the greatest burden of them all being, re being removed from a group of men who will go and literally change the world. And that burden is, what's it all for anyway? Is it all about me and what I can do? Because they had worked, they had toiled, they had done whatever they knew to do, and they were still not seeing what they needed to see. So they're not just physically tired, much more profoundly, they were losing hope and losing expectation that it would ever be different. And the Lord comes first to go, let me remove that from your shoulders and set you free to see that what I have called you for is a divine purpose. That's what grace does. And for some of us, we need to, this morning, come to the Lord and say, listen, right? It's like, I don't actually, I mean, what am I expecting and believing for? Have I got into the rhythms of just life? And there's, sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I get that. Sometimes we kind of, you know, life's not all kind of peaks and mountains. Life's, there's, a lot, there's, a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of every day, and I, I understand that. But when we lose sight of the fact that no matter where we are and what we're doing and who we are, and what we are called for something so much greater than just the ordinary, then hope goes. And what happens is we start to expect less from God. And I know for me, that's a big danger in my life. The biggest danger that I find, can I be really transparent with you and really honest with you, is keeping my hope alive. It's keeping my hope alive. That's the thing where I feel the most stress, if you like. It's to say, Lord, I'll go again. I'll put down my net again, even though I feel like I would want to be a million miles away from anywhere near the net. Do you get that? 
And all that does is show me, not that I'm a, because you know what I, like, I, I love, do you, know what, do you know what, where we see so much grace here? The Lord doesn't discount them. He doesn't go, oh, for goodness sake, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're disappointed. Be gone with you, you flipping miserable fisherman, sinner person. Go and get me somebody more spiritual. Go and get me somebody more holy. Go and get me somebody more aligned, whatever the words are, who cares? He doesn't do that, does he? He just goes, okay, let me lift you up to see more. See, this is what happens here. I love this. If you're feeling, if you kind of feel like I've got low expectation and I don't really expect, you know, I would love God to move, but I'm not expecting it. They're two different things. Do you understand me? Loving or desiring God to move is not the same as having an expectation that he's going to move. Do you, do you see the difference? An expectant heart is one that operates in faith and boldness to say, Lord, you know, I'm going to push in and press in to your truth and your grace and believe and put, you know, you know my faith fully, put my hope fully on your finished work. That's what it says in Jeremiah 33, isn't it? He says, call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things that you, you haven't known. The Lord loves you to call out to him expectantly so that he can show you grace upon grace. Now, what happens here? The Lord's not, not imposing on you. He's not discounting you. But the God of grace in the middle of your tiredness steps in to lift your head up gently to go, all of this I can transform in a moment. I want you to see all of this the way that I see it. Because when you do that, you'll have hope and expectation again in your heart. That's how grace transforms. So if you're running a business, if you're working in a business, if you're working at home, isn't it funny, like for many years, Penny, you know, I know she said it from the front, for many years, Penny uh, was at home with our kids and that was a choice that we made um, to, to set up our home that way. And um, one of the things that was interesting for us was that you know, I know at times you would have struggled, Pen, with, you know, is this it? Is this just it? Is this my life now? I love my kids, but seriously? Anyone? Like, see, I've had three days in the caravan with them, and I'm going, beam me up, Jesus. Do you know what I mean? I'm only joking. Actually, I'm not only joking. So Penny and I had, Penny and I had one night on our own. I think it was last Saturday night, and then we came down for church last Sunday morning, right? And uh, it was just the two of us. And we just sat there and looked at each other and poured a glass of wine and had some nibbles. And went, oh, isn't this lovely? <laughs> no, it was Monday night, wasn't it? We were going, this is amazing. Just listen. What can you hear? Nothing. Yes. That's the point. And then when the kiddies arrived, uh, you know, we came back up for, for a few, the few days off. And he just kept saying to me, because we, we were there Monday on our own, she kept singing, Monday, Monday, do, 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 do you know, hearkening back to Monday, Monday. I'm going, stop doing that, you're upsetting me. <laughs> All right? That's funny, isn't it? Monday, Monday. But it's so funny. It's so funny. But the, what, what, what happens is, I know, I know you, you, for many years, this, this sense of, of, of dead ordinary, unseen, behind the scenes, thankless work, task after task, the same stuff, the washing, the cleaning, the schooling, the, all that stuff, you know? In work, it's the same, trying to make ends meet, getting the invoices paid, trying to get new business, right? Whatever it happens to be, whatever it happens to be, and, and grace steps in, because that, that weight and that burden of, is this just it, actually 
sits and robs us at our core of the life that God has for us. Because he looks into every situation, no matter how ordinary it is, and he says, let my grace transform it, get my view on it, get my purpose for it, and you will all of a sudden see an anointing of grace which will be like the open heaven with blessing poured out. So much so that you can't even contain it. Isn't that good? Am I making sense this morning? Am I? Good. Luke 5 verse 6. You know, what they don't realize is when you feel like the Lord's imposing on your life, whenever you feel like your flesh is cut across by something that comes from the word of God, by the word of grace, and it feels like I'm, that's, that's imposing on me, just remind yourself that he's setting me up for a blessing to come. And he knows and he sees more than I do. He knows and he sees way more in advance of where I'm at today. I've got to put faith and trust in the word of grace to bring about fruit in my life, even though it might make me feel like, I don't think I like this. Why would I trust you again, God? Why would I put myself, imagine Simon going, why would I put myself in that position again? Why would I do that? Because the Lord says, I'm not imposing, I'm setting you up. Grace always lifts you up. And then what happens in verse six, Luke chapter five, is when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Isn't it interesting that all of this, what is this a picture of? I I think what the Lord is trying to say to, to people today is that when it comes to life, you've got only two choices. Do it yourself and be exhausted. Do it under the anointing of God's grace and see a great provision and a harvest. Which one do you want? I mean, essentially that's, you see, it's not about the fish. It's about their future and their life. The Lord says, I am calling you and you're going to walk in the goodness of all of this stuff is fulfilled, but I'm going away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to equip you and fill you to do this. Now make a choice. You've just seen what it's like to work all night and get nothing for it. You lose hope, expectation, you get tired, you get frustrated. You feel like you were playing the same old scenes or listen to my word, listen to my grace and make a choice. Which one do you want it to be? Are you going to do as I say and, and put faith in that? because that's where you're going to see a blessing. And here's the thing, it's the same work. Do you get it? Do you see it's the same thing? that Jesus doesn't ask them to do anything different. He just goes, do the same thing again. Look after the kids again. Go to work again. Take that meeting again. Bake those buns again, right? Whatever it is, do the same thing again, but this time, Do it under the anointing of my grace with my purpose for it and you'll see it explode. That's the choice. That's the choice that grace brings. It's either our self and self-effort and carrying the weight of it all, (sighs) desperately hard, or listen to the word and do as he says, right? Come to him and then go in the power of the Holy Spirit and watch what he does. Which one have you been doing? I'm going to be quite honest, I bob in and out frequently, more frequently than what I would like. I would love to stand here in front of you today and go, my whole life is just such a flow of the Holy Spirit. It's remarkable. In fact, even Jesus is surprised at how holy I am, honestly. He's saying, calm yourself down, Andrew. I mean, seriously, you've got to stay in touch with the ordinary folks who haven't got this stuff organized. I have to constantly remind myself that I am not called to carry the weight. Do you get that? 
You have to do it too. You've got to make a choice tomorrow morning at the start of your day to go, Lord, by grace alone, I've set my hope fully on your favor, fully on your undeserved favor in my life. And in whatever I do today, in sending the invoices, speaking to my customers, bathing my kids, making the packed lunches, talking with a friend, right? Helping out my elderly mother, whatever it is, I've got a choice. And the Lord says, whenever I encountered you, I encountered you in this place where you are, but I transform it from the inside out and show you that there's a purpose to everything that you put your hand to. And if you do it under my grace, there will be an open heaven more than you can receive on it. Amen. I love it. That's what this is about for me. You know, you matter. Their self-effort here exhausted them, but his grace nearly sank the boat with blessing. I actually wrote that down. It's quite good, isn't it? Their self-effort exhausted them, but his grace nearly sank their boat. I love it. And so let me just um, take a few minutes to round up because I believe, all right, that today, when you think about this, at the start of their ministry, because this was the beginning for them. This is where they were starting to, he was going to show them, you know, and lead them on a journey, which eventually would lead to most of the disciples um, dying for their faith. But you're going to see, you know, even on, on Pentecost today, when you see Simon Peter, that this fisherman, right, he's like, you know, they weren't educated folks. I've told the story, isn't it? This is why they're fishing, is because they weren't religious enough to be part of the system. So if you weren't really smart, you didn't get to sit under a rabbi. So you had to go back to the family firm, and that's why they're on the beach that day. Uh, because they, not only were they, you know, you know they, they just weren't smart enough for the religious people. They didn't have it, right? They weren't quick enough. They couldn't learn enough law, so they were rejected probably around the age of 10. And so they go back to the family firm. And that's why they're working there. And the Lord says, actually, you know, when he says, follow me, what he actually, the word actually means you can be like me. So let me talk to the uneducated, discounted, tired, frustrated, angry people with no expectation of my goodness in their life and go, you can be like me. One moment of my grace transforms you forever. Isn't that amazing? Now, let me just finish this because it says in Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, look carefully then how you walk. If this is true, look carefully this week at how you walk. Making the best use of the time because these days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I, I said at the start of this year that, you know, that the Lord is wanting us as a church to grow in purpose. And I've reflected on that even over the last few months because I said that this was a year of influence. I don't know if you can remember that. Remember, influence means to cause something to be changed. And I want to speak over your life today, every single one of you. And if you're watching online, I want to speak it over you as well. The people that you know, the families that you live in, the children that you have, the bodies that you inhabit, the minds that you work with every day, the families that you've been placed in, your workplaces, your relationships, your networks. I'm going to speak prophetically over you that God is showing you again how he wants to transform them by his grace. And he says to you simply this, are you expecting for me to do it? Things that have been dormant in your life, things that have been stuck, things that have been hidden or held back, 
things that have not been fruitful. I, I honestly believe that as I, as I looked at this, this passage this week, that the Lord was saying, I want to unstick those things and I want you to be fruitful and find a new lease of expectation and power and transformation in your life today in this moment as you encounter the grace of Jesus. We've got to say there's nothing wrong with the ordinary, but we have a supernatural God who can transform the ordinary day to day and do something of eternal purpose for his glory and for his kingdom through you. Do you get that? That's the influence that you have on your, on your life. Your purpose, I, I think what would happen is this. It's interesting that what Jesus, some, the Jesus that's, um, I need to be really frank with you here, okay? The Jesus under grace that some of us have created is the Jesus who comes to them on the shore, right? And he speaks to them and he stays there and he just goes there, there, there. Let me just feed you with fish. Do you get that? Anything else seems like an imposition because I need fed and I need fish. Some of us have created that Jesus in our heads. We don't have an expectation of actually what he was doing was going, see this ordinary stuff that you do, it's gonna change the world. So as you've come to me, now go. And go and influence this world in these days for grace, for Jesus. He didn't come along and just sit with them. Do you get that? He, he didn't leave them where they were. Why? Not that he wasn't imposing because he was setting them up for greater blessing. And so I have a feeling that for some of you, okay, that, you know, as you, you know, I guess it starts on the inside, doesn't it? But I think the Lord is saying to you, you know, rediscover really what your purpose really is. The hundreds of people that you get to meet in a month, how your life intersects and bangs off other people, because you were created on purpose and for purpose. It's God's greatest gift to you. Remember I said in Exodus 9.16, for this purpose I've raised you up to show you my power and so that my name may be proclaimed in all of the earth. I think that's what grace does today. I think if I could encourage you with anything this week is that the God of grace who loves you, who created you and who made you has called you for the most incredible journey that you could ever imagine. I'm speaking over you today on open heaven. It's a window that you can see right through. And when you see right through that open window, you see Jesus and his finished work. And as long as you keep your eyes there, your heart there, and your focus there, as long as you keep your attention there, there will be more blessing poured out to you than you're able to receive. And that happens, okay? That's God's promise to you. But what I really want to encourage you to think about today is to go, right, Lord, I'm on, this, I'm on this beach, if you like. I've got my need. I know that you're speaking to me about some things. It feels like it's imposing on me, but I trust today that you're setting me up for greater blessing. And so because you say so, like Peter said, I will. I'll speak that word. I'll invite that person. I'll sow that money. I'll give that time. I'll go again, even though everything inside me goes, you must be kidding me. I feel the Lord's lifting you up today to look through that window to see his blessing. Does that make sense? How's that? Amen. He takes the ordinary 
I, I, do you know what I, you know what I felt the Lord say to me today? Or not today, it was during the week. It's make your choice, Andrew. You're going to have to do life anyway. It's the way I can't talk with the Lord. It's a very frank conversation. And I think he speaks frankly back to me. You don't even realize how much in faith I'm operating in this morning. This water is one week old. <laughs> I could collapse in front of you all. And if, if I do, you'll know what it was, right? Penny's trying to poison me. And uh, <laughs> it tastes a wee bit funny, but it's all right. <laughs> I actually felt the Lord said to me, Andrew, you're going to have to do it anyway. Which way do you want to do it? Do you want to carry the weight of it all? The burden of it? Do you want to toil? Choose. But I've come alongside you. I'm lifting your head up to look at me and my work. And in that place, one moment, totally transformed. That's the purpose that I have. If you're tired and you're angry and you're disappointed or you're whatever, frustrated, right? Come to the Lord. Let him transform you. Let him show you again the purpose for which he's called you. So that tomorrow when you wake up, you go, today I am called. Because I am alive today, somebody is going to be better off for it. I'm going to speak hope. I'm going to speak healing. I'm going to speak faith. It will impose on me. I will feel like an Egypt probably. I will, might even feel embarrassed and I might even think, Lord, why would you ask me to do it? But I'm going to see on the other side that there is a blessing not just for them, but for me. I will say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit in me. I'll say no to self-effort and law and yes to grace and everything that it brings. I will be that man or that woman. This week, the Lord said, you make your own declaration that this week says, because of what, who he is and what he has done for me, I choose to go and bring that grace to the world. That will transform every day for you. That's what the Lord was doing. And they go on to do incredible things. Amen. Why don't we stand up and uh, we'll get ready to receive communion. Have you enjoyed the word this morning? Yes. Online people, have you enjoyed it? I hope you have. Thanks, love. Expectation, folks, is the word that the Lord is speaking over you. What are you expecting to see? Blessed are those who expect nothing because they will receive it. That's not in the Bible. That's Andrew chapter 1. Right? Just in case you go, oh, here, I haven't heard that verse before. Blessed are those. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? But Lord, we take our every day. And uh, why don't we, we get, if worship guys, can you get up and get ready so we, we can flow in this? Um, we take our every day. Lord, why don't you just close your eyes and let me minister over you. Father, we thank you that grace transforms. Over everyone today, I speak that open heaven. Right now, the blessing of God, the unmerited favor of Jesus on your life today. Father, we thank you for who you are and for your finished work. Lord, for those of us who have felt like we are just, we walk with our shoulders a little bit heavy, carrying the weight of family, future, relationships, everything else. Jesus, we thank you that you're the one who removes the burden. And I speak that lightness over you right now, church. I speak that, uh, that ability just to, Take a breath and let the Lord lift it from you. And I speak the lightness of God's grace over you. I speak hope over you. I speak that this week you will live lightly and freely. And I also pray for a supernatural boldness over you today. 
Lord, we, we speak, Lord, and we say today on Pentecost Sunday, when you impart us, Father, with your spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, teaching us to say no to the world, no to ungodliness, no to the flesh, and to say yes to the spirit in us. And so, Father, I speak that over everyone under the sound of my voice today, Lord, that they, this week, Father, as they come to you, they would go in the power of the Holy Spirit to see lives and situations and businesses transformed by grace. Amen? And it's all because of this finished work. Jesus, when we look through that open heaven, we look through the window to heaven, we see you seated in the place of authority, Lord. And everything we are, Lord, everything we could ever hope to be, everything that we need, Lord, is found only in you. So Jesus, we thank you that because your body was broken for us, Lord, that we can walk in health and wholeness and healing. I speak health and wholeness over everybody in this church. From the tips of your feet right up to the tops of your head, every ailment. If you've got an ailment and it's a bit sore, okay, as you take communion today, just say, Lord, thank you for healing my whatever it is. Name the condition, name the ache, name the pain, name the symptoms, and say, Lord, thank you that you have removed this from my body as I eat of your finished work. Amen. And Father, we thank you for the cup as well, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are righteous today. Righteous means totally acceptable to God. You know, your feelings, there's a saying out there in the world that I facts don't care about your feelings. I kind of like it. It makes me chuckle. And the fact is that when Jesus died for you and he poured his blood out for you, the moment you received that, you were changed forever. Oh, somebody give me an amen. amen. You were changed forever. The Lord looks at you right now. He looks at you and he sees the finished work of Jesus all over your life. He judges you not by your own behavior, but by that of Jesus. Every bit of the law that stood against you was fulfilled by Jesus. Everything that you could never do, he did for you. And because his blood was poured out, you get to say, thank you, Jesus, I am righteous. As perfect now as you'll ever be. Isn't that incredible? You might be feeling one way or the other about that, but the facts don't care about your feelings. The facts are that when Jesus made you whole and he set you free, you were free indeed. And so, Jesus, we remember that today and we say thank you for your come. Thank you, Father, for pouring it out for us and we drink and receive. Amen. Let's get ready to take our offering. It's part of our worship. Um, let me encourage you uh, with your giving. Be generous, okay? Uh, one of the things the Lord wants to do is to remove the burden of supply from your life, okay? What a brilliant, what a brilliant uh, story we read today, didn't we? About how... In the very physical things, the supply that they needed to, to survive, the Lord just steps in with one moment and gives them more than they can cope with. You won't ever hear about money in this church before you've heard about Jesus, but your money matters. It matters, God loves you the same, but don't live under the weight of provision in these days because it's something that will break your back. But trust God. Trust him with the very physical things, and you will see such a flow in your life. We believe in the tithe. We believe in the offerings. 
We believe that we bring them to God to position ourselves in a place of trust. So not that we get anything from God by giving, but we actually what we see is just supernatural flow and supply in our lives as we put him first. So Father, thank you for that. Thank you for that truth today, that you've already provided everything that we need. And so we trust you in Jesus' name.